Obasi for Counter Cop Conversations. I'm here with my man Eric Tracy. How are you doing today, dude? Good, good. It's been a great Memorial Day weekend. Warm. Felt like summer actually started on time this year. But yeah, how about you? Uh, took took a fat nap today. Fat. Nap. Me too. Me too. Got three hours of sleep last night. Had to uh, work half the day today and then came home and passed out on the couch. Yeah, I had a little recording, a little homework for a podcast. Went to my grandparents and uh, made corn dogs. How are they doing? Oh, they're doing good. They're doing good. Uh, coronavirus for them made them isolate themselves, but yeah. it was nice to see them. I couldn't hug my grandma yet, but no, got to at least be around them. I got to see both my grandparents this weekend and. You can tell they uh, they did better than us at actually staying in, um, and you can tell they've been cooped up for too long and just need to get out and just come see us, get just see different different house, you know. I think that's a lot of people though when they're in this. Just now you're starting to see people. People are just gonna start doing better, and at least that's what I would imagine. I hope. Yeah, I mean, from I've been listening to a ton of other podcasts on. Um, like during I listened to the Joe Rogan experience and a lot of people are saying like everyone is criticizing us opening back up because they're saying like oh is the economy worth opening up for if we're going to lose lives or is are you going to the bars like is that so important that it could cost lives and I'm like I'm not saying the bar in particular but like in general we have to also think about the mental aspect of the toll that it's taking on people. Like, I would be interested in seeing the suicide rates during this time or, like, the increase um, in depression cases, you know, or, like, how people are reacting to it. I don't know. I'm going to imagine it's going to go up. I think that's a, an interesting study that needs to be looked at. And we might know, like, we might not know the repercussions for a while. Oh, yeah, no, I don't think we're going to be able to, like, see a full study and the results from it for a while because I think it's going to carry out months down the road even after we're open back up. People are still going to be suffering. I'm I'm just looking for a case of normalcy, and I was able to get that last night. I was able to have a fire, hang out with some people, yeah. some gathering. I mean, that, those are things that summer's about, that living's about, and that sense hanging out with those people being able to actually have conversations instead of over zoom or facetime or texting were awesome for me last night no i agree like this weekend we got out on the pontoon boat and it was one of shane's last weekends in the northwoods for quite a while um because he's going to be down in milwaukee on a rotation down there and we were just driving around and Mom and Charlotte and Claire were all up in the front of the boat just hanging out for a bit and Shane and I were just sitting in the middle and just turning around watching the sunset. It was just like, man, like it don't get better than this in the Northwoods. Just chilling, warm day, on a lake, with the family, you know. Now, I noticed on the pontoon boat, you didn't say I was on there at all, but I was for a little bit. Yeah, you came later. <laughs> but, uh, so what did you do with that photo of the sunset you took? You put that on your story? No. Professional photographer I, style? I do not, uh, I don't post on my story, really. That's just still saved on the phone. Whenever I want a good reminder of what it's like. <laughs> Pull up. Oh, yeah. Love it. That's that's what a sunset looks like. Never seen one of those before. Yeah. No, there's a, I never really knew about it, but Shane, Shane showed me the best spot on the lake to watch the sun. The sunset is out in front of Dawn's Lakeside. Okay. On the like, pretty much kitty corner to us on the lake, beautiful. Cause it's you can see so much farther than like any other spot on the lake. Hmm. So we'll have to make that a no, routine. We'll go, we'll routine. go there a couple times this year. Okay, so I I do have a joke for you. Maybe, maybe, see if you don't botch it. Oh, 100 percent botching it. But uh, so this girl, this little girl, she's digging a hole in her backyard, and her neighbor looks over the fence and uh, asks the girl why she's digging this hole. Because the hole's like three feet deep down and 
three feet across, so it's a, it's a big hole. And he asks her, why are you digging that hole? She goes, oh, to bury my goldfish. And the neighbor replies, why do you need to that big of a hole to bury your goldfish? She in turns replied, because your cat ate it. Oh. So she's planning on burying the cat. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you, Grandpa, for telling me that one. Uh, even though the podcast, I'm like that little shower right there. Nice. I actually, I got something to ask you. It's more on a serious note. I was listening to um, Elon Musk and Joe Rogan. It was their interview. And for anyone listening, I'm going to botch this a little bit because I'm not a medical professional. I don't know all the stuff. Go listen to that podcast. And if you're really intrigued, heck, try and get a hold of someone that really knows what they're talking about in the medical field about it. But what Elon Musk was saying was that his company is starting to do medical supplies. I don't know which one of his many companies, um, but they are. And they're going to try and start doing this brain implant where they can take out, like, they take out a chunk of your skull and they put in this implant. And their goal for right now is to, with that implant, restore function to, let's say, you had a stroke and you don't have, like, you lost, um... Yeah, motor function and that side of face. Motor function and side of face. So it would be, like, to restore motor function there. Or, like, if you got paralyzed, let's say, from, like, the waist down, restore that. Um, and they said they're, like one of their large end goals that they want to be able to get to eventually is to cure Alzheimer's. Okay. Is to like be able to put an implant in the brain and then reconnect the neurons that aren't firing, aren't making those connections between all the stuff that you already know. And my question to you is, do you think that's too far down the road of um, like doing too much to help humans? Like, is there a certain point where, because, I mean, I know, I think all those things are very good goals to get, but he even said in that podcast that eventually, yeah, you could essentially, like, totally alter someone with putting so many different implants in their brain. Like, I, I can see that going down the road eventually, like, making humans live longer because we can cure every single, like, imperfection in us. And like, is there a certain point where you draw, you have to draw a line and be like, all right, we're human. We're only supposed to be on this earth for so long. Like we shouldn't try and fix certain things. Well, I think being human is kind of trying to fix those things. I don't think, I think striving to be perfect is interesting. I love the goal of his with, because all he's doing is basically trying to stimulate certain neurons that have been recreate nerves. I don't know the exact yeah. science of it. He's way smarter than us. Um, I guess I, I mean, it's scary, but I mean, I, potentially I could see if you're having those issues, saying go ahead, like let's see again, but it's kind of like a giant horror movie. Like I just think about something I watched one time where a doctor wanted to do exactly what you said and so what she would do is, if she disagreed with somebody or something, they didn't have the correct view, she would cut off the top of their skull, and because you could technically play around with the nerves in their brain, she would do that, and then she would reconnect them in the way she wanted to make them yeah. so perfect. So that like brings me back and really like freaks me out about that because there is like you obviously have to put like severe regulations on that if we ever get to that point. Yeah. Which I think it's it's good to be able to fix certain things. Mm -hmm. Like up to a certain point, but like where you're saying there, like if you're trying to fix someone's opinion just because you don't agree with it, like that's way too far. But yeah, that's kind of a scary topic to kind of dig into. Like it's crazy that people are actually that smart to pull that stuff off. That Elon Musk says they're way closer than what you think to being able to do it. Give me, give me flying cars first. Let's do that. Well, he's working on electric cars first. Let's go flying. 
That, I like that ice cream better. Shout out. He said the new, uh, what is it? Roadster. I think I talked to you about this last night. Zero to 60 in 1.9 seconds. That's not slow. That's pretty fast. You're moving. Oh, my God. Have some get up. All right. Let's dive into what we were going to talk about today. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about some foodie stuff. And I'm kind of excited about that. Now, uh, where do you want to start with these conversations? Because we've kind of been telling stories for a little bit. So do we want to keep on that path or do we want to... Well, I just want to put a caveat in there that for the listeners that don't know us as well as some others, Cole and I are a little bit of food nuts, I guess. Like, I don't know. We like learning how to cook new things. We like experimenting with it. Um, we're always a fan of trying new stuff when it comes to food. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've... Well, yeah, let's go with the stories. We'll get into stories? that. Stories? Okay. Yeah. We'll go into this. Do you mind if I start on this? Go ahead. Okay, so the first thing I want to dive into is my favorite summer food story. And I think it may help because we're actually recording this on a countertop at the man's house. Per se, um, it was not, actually well, not the countertop. Not the countertop, but we'll be there probably next week. So yeah, some at some point we will be at the actual countertop. But it's oh, so it was my senior year for football. We'd been doing leadership meetings repetitively throughout the summer, and I think it was like the week or two before the season actually started. We decided that we were going to do a cookout for the coaches who had been putting on the leadership convention and for our offense alignment. So what we did is uh, got my parents and we were able to get a bunch of burger meat and I remember putting the burger meat in um, plastic wrap and then putting it into a peanut butter cap so you get the like oh, portion size smart. burger. Smart. Yeah, it ter- I think it turns out to be like a quarter of a pound. Hmm. So not bad. Quarter or a third. So it's like, oh, like a nice size burger. And I remember we made like 50, I think, because we were like playing on all like the quarter of the team being here. And I think there was like eight or nine of us that were out here actually like getting set for this cookout and everything. So I remember bringing them out and we're at Eric's house and we start grilling them up. We put like different types of cheeses on them. We got like chips and buns. We, I think we got some brats too. And we had like five, we had like 12 people show up and we had like 50 burgers. Yeah. We all ate. I remember Mike Prom leading us in prayer, uh, leading us in our leadership conversation. I think it was one of the coolest things I experienced because you hear it all the time of quarterbacks and people taking your offensive lines out. And I think it was just a moment for us to bond closer as a team because we didn't really do a team-building activity that year. Yeah. I wish we all would have been there because I think that would have been something really cool that could have brought us together because we could have played different games and stuff. It didn't happen, but it, it's a memory for summer that I will always have for that involves food. Mm-hmm. No, this isn't my favorite food story, but on that note, I do always like during fall camp for Michigan Tech football, I think it's like after the first week, we always have senior cookout. And so one of the seniors in each position groups hosts a cookout at their house for their position group or maybe two position groups that are tied closely together. Um, I know like QBs and wide receivers go together a lot. Um, the kickers normally come with us DBs. <laughs> Why? Because the, one of our kickers lived with our DB. <laughs> so they came over. Um, but I, I agree. I think that that's always a fun time. It brings the younger guys in and like shows them that they're part of the team, you know, like, even though there's a wide range of everyone, like, everyone comes from a different background at that point, they're different ages, you get different points in your life, Um, and it's always, I always find that one's really fun, just hang out, get relaxed, especially after grinding all day, every day with football, and you just get to, like, take a step back and be like, okay, yeah, we can just, like, sit here and not have to think about anything else. No, but my favorite food story that's related to summer is, um, I wouldn't say any particular day would be my favorite, but 
for you, those of you that don't know, I live on Lake George. And so my family has a ton of cookouts throughout the summer. And my favorite meal that we would, like, it's a pretty just casual meal, but we seem to always have it. Like when guests or friends come over, it's just burgers or brats with fresh corn on the cob. And uh, I forgot the guy's name. But there's one guy, you know who I'm talking about? Not a clue. He comes, he's, he comes and he parks his truck in the bank parking lot and he sells corn and fresh vegetables. The one by the movie theater. Yes. Yes. That guy. Best corn we always get. Like, it's always amazing. And I just always remember, I've had so many good memories and times with so many different groups of people and that meal always seems to be the recurring meal that we have. And we normally have it on like the 4th of July and that's always a fun time. So would you say corn is your summer food of choice then? Like, because we talked about like potentially doing our favorite summer food, like, or food that reminds you most of summer. Um, I think from relating it back to growing up here, it would have to be corn because it always is just like, we would judge when summer started on when the good corn finally started to show up and like from that guy or in the <laughs> supermarkets, because it's just like, oh, like, all right, now it's really growing good. Like go get as much corn as you can for like a couple weeks and we would just chow down on it always. Doesn't matter if it's 70 degrees or 90 degrees, it can be 50 degrees. The corn's good. If the corn's good, <laughs> summer has started. <laughs> So, my favorite food of the summer, and something that always symbolized uh, summer to me, was fruit pizza. My mom used to make it growing up. I think she started making it when I was like 16 or 15 years old. We always used to have it at the 4th of July when we were out on our lake property. It would be us, the dog, the grandparents, and super awesome time doing that. She eventually changed it to more of a gluten-free because she, for the most part, and my sister are gluten-free, and I was very strict on that for a couple years of my life, but it's not as good as the normal way, but it's still a uh, bad. Most gluten-free things I don't think are as good as the other stuff. Uh, yeah, but I mean, there's some stuff that are, like, dang good. Like, I go to Pop Murphy's and get a gluten-free pizza from there. All right. Us, and I'm quite satisfied. Domino's too, even. Gluten-free bread sucks. You, it's super dry. You need to have it with a dr- dressing or butter or mayo. <laughs> it is you dry. You have to do something with it. You can't just be like, oh, I'm just going to have a piece of bread with a piece of turkey. Yeah. Like that, yeah, it's not a fun experience. Like, no. Throw some ranch on there, maybe some lettuce, some cheese, a little butter you, on one side. Yeah. Soup it up. Yeah, you have to you have to do a little doctrine. But you see, it always do the whipped cream with like the cream cheese frosting on there. Mix those together, spread it across. And the past one we had more really was strawberries and blueberries, which I feel like is the most common one. And we were doing a Fourth of July kind of theme. Mm-hmm. Those colors work well, but I think the best one was probably a couple years ago when it had a raspberries on there and blackberries as well. I thought it was a really nice change of pace because then you're getting all sorts of different textures and flavor combinations, which are really awesome. You get a little more of the sweet with the strawberries, but then those other, the raspberries, blackberries, they bring a little, like, bitterness, a little sour, you know, like, keep it interesting. I know my family every now and then throws a kiwi on there. I'm not a huge fan of kiwi, but I can see where it would pair really well with the... See, I love love kiwis in general. I, I can eat them. Like, they're not... How do you peel them? Because I've seen, like, tricks with, like, spoons. Where you, like... So you cut it in half, then you and put, then like, a spoon, spoon around And then you it. circle yeah. it in. I'll be honest, I'm a little lazy at times. I normally just cut it in half and then just bite it off and spit out the skin. Because <laughs> then you eat right down to it. You get every bit off. Oh, my. You're, you're a madman. Um, but... No, I know my sisters, one of them would always do it growing up on the 4th of July. They would do the, we would just do blueberries and strawberries on our fruit pizza. And they'd make out an American flag. It was always cool. I liked it. It's a super American dessert. It is. I don't know if they do it anywhere else in the world. I, oh, I mean, I feel they're like, definitely not putting the American flag on it. <laughs> they ain't putting the American flag on it. 
I wouldn't think so at least, but um alright, so we went in our favorite summer foods, but a very I get around here it's year round, but in a lot of other places fish fries become a big thing during Lent and then into the summer. So what is your favorite fish fry in town? Uh my favorite fish fry doesn't exist actually anymore, but it's the all you can eat walleye from the brick. The breading was super crisp, the walleye was flavorful and flaky. And I think there was like a little paprika because the breading had a little bit of a hint of red to it. Mm-hmm. And there was just like that added like smoky or like a little floral note to the flavor that made it so good. Yeah. No. I haven't had it. The family has had it. They loved it. Um, walleye. I think you, you're right there. Walleye, perch are... I haven't seen many other places in around like the, was well for sure Wisconsin area, even northern Wisconsin you see it way more often than southern Wisconsin I think. Um, yeah, but, walleye's a tough fish to get for it. Yeah. Depending on where you go, it's either gonna be like super expensive or they just won't have it. Like, normally you're gonna get cod or there's quite a few places that do pollock up by where I was at for Superior. Okay. I yeah. Don't like it's quite bland hmm. fish. I I normally only see cod and then the occasional walleye. But my favorite is perch. Rocky's Roadhouse. Quarter mile away from my house. Amazing perch fish fry. Amazing sweet potato fries. I love them. Uh, I think they're the best around that I've had. Give it I haven't. I've heard um, the town pump. Okay. I've heard they're good. I've never been there, so I can't tell you well, personally. Maybe, uh, Might have to give it a try this summer. Yeah, we'll have a little uh, expedition. We'll take a, maybe a proper social distancing group. We'll try a bunch of fish fries. We'll get all over there, all in one sitting. Yeah. So that way we can all like a little a little, little of each. Bite. Yeah. Right. Now, I've been ranking fish fries now for a couple weeks. I did it with my roommate up in a oh superior. So like what they say. So we actually have only done the ones in Superior. Okay. And our favorite, and I think it was, we gave it around an eight, was an all-you-can-eat walleye fish fry at Julie's Family Restaurant. Is that the one you took me to? No, I took you to Shorty's. Okay. Theirs is, I think it's under-seasoned, like the kind of bland on the breading. and nah. And then, I mean, there's a bunch of other places. The ones we've been hitting really hard is Gronk, and it's um, it's very similar to the Bricks in style. Okay. Just not as good. Yeah. And that was cod as well. I didn't try their catfish. I might do that sometime. I don't mind it. I haven't had much catfish, but I did have it a couple times this year during football season. One of the after games, we all all the players go out and they talk with their families. Um, at home games, everyone kind of goes to whatever restaurant they want to, but on away games. Um, most parents will like cook up some food or bring some food and they, everyone after we're done showering change, we load up the bus with all our gear and then we get to go talk with all the parents. They feed us. It's a good time. Um, and one of the seniors, senior defensive backs, um, shout out to Mrs. Tidwell. She was amazing. She cooked us so much food. His whole family cooked us so much food and, uh, they had catfish quite a few times and it was good. They knew how to cook it up right. I think catfish is one of those, like, food items where if it's cooked properly, it's good. But if it's, it's not, co- it's... Oh, it can ruin yeah. someone's image of catfish forever. Yeah. They never want to deal with it. I think another one, another um, wild game that can be ruined that way is bear. Because um, from what I've heard, if you don't clean the bear properly either, if you get some of the hair follicles on there, um, just because bears are not clean animals, they're very dirty, um, that can ruin some meat and give it a weird taste. And I've heard some bad stories of people not liking it, but personally, I've had some great bear. So well, there's, oh, I forgot what food it is. I think it's... I want to say it's like arugula. Oh, it's parsley or cilantro. Okay. Like cilantro. Where for some people, if you try it, it tastes like you're eating soap. 
Huh. For other people, you yeah. actually get the, the actual, like, what it's supposed to taste like. But it's, like, some chemical reaction in the body takes place. Hmm. And, like, it's, like, a, like half the population tastes one thing, but half tastes the other. It's, like, when you look at one of those weird pictures and some yes. people saw, like, blue and some people saw green. Die. The stinking, what was it? Black and blue dress or white and gold? Yeah. Oh, that thing was so stupid. I got in an argument with so many people. What'd you see? I don't remember. I think I saw blue. I think I saw blue too. But back to the fish fry. I do got to say, runner up is Dawn's Lakeside on the other side of the lake. Um, they have massive portions for their fish, which I think a lot of bars struggle with just because it's way easier to just do small, fast, fried fish. Um, but Don's has great, large portions. I Now, okay. Coleslaw with your fish fry. Are you picky on your coleslaw? Or do you not even like coleslaw? Um, I, I'm not a huge coleslaw guy. I will eat it if I consider it good. But if it's like, if I think it's bad... I don't want it at all. And I mean, sure, if you can serve it with it. I have no issue serving with it. But like, coleslaw from restaurants, after working in the business, I don't really want to eat it. Why is that? Because it usually comes in a two-gallon um, milk carton-like container that just you dump out. And it looks not the greatest. I think you can really tell when someone makes their own coleslaw. Oh, and 100%. it is so good. Now, if you... Nah... Okay, we'll talk about coleslaw, but I want to know eventually, like, what kind of coleslaw you like to make. I have never made it. You've never made it. Okay, never maybe made we it. will. We might have to try this. It next weekend, and then we will tell people what. How we feel about it. Yeah, what kind of version? Because you can do vinegar based, or you can do a mayo based. I'm okay. I'm much more of a mayo based. Yeah, I think I'd be more in line to do the vinegar, but I don't think the vinegar goes well with the fish fry. I've had vinegar ones that were just too, way too much vinegar, and it was just like, ugh, ugh. Okay, so it I was, guess we're going to try and make our own coleslaw with a we'll mayo do, uh, We'll do both. We'll do both? Okay. We'll do both. We'll get some fish fries. We'll test out a lot around, uh, around the area, make our own coleslaw, we'll do a whole food test. This sounds expensive, though. <laughs> we we got to get some friends in on this to share the cost. <laughs> yeah, we're all going to order out from, like, five different places and meet back up here. Yep. Okay, so, like, I think we've talked about what we like for fish fry. Now we have two options left to do, and I don't really know what order I want to do. I think I have an idea, but we have to do, we're going to do our personal favorite dish to cook in a casual, large group setting. Or do you want to do our uh, cooking challenge bit kind of thing? I want to do our, our meal okay. first. The, our our go-to, not high-end meal, not a low-end like finger food meal. We're talking kind of middle of the road. Just a good get-together with friends. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I guess I you're say, staring at I was going to say, do you want me to go first <laughs> or do you want to go first? I think I, could hit this. I think my go-to meal... And I was really split on two, but I think I want to go chicken tacos. Okay. I like the chicken. I feel like a good base to start with with almost any meal. So for me, is I'm a big fan of my slow cooker. Okay. Because it doesn't require as much precision or accuracy to like make it nice and flavorful. I think the few things that are very important to it is I want, I want to get the chicken in there. I want to get the chicken broth in there and that's how I want to kind of cook it I don't think you really want to put any of the seasonings really into it because it's I want to salt the broth a little bit because mm-hmm. broth doesn't have a lot of salt in it and just let that steep then eventually I'm shredding that apart and mm-hmm. I'm adding paprika chili powder a pinch of cayenne good I'm a, I'm a cayenne fan I like chili powder more but I think you gotta add I, you gotta build a basis we get all those kind of flavors in there. We're kind of mixing it around a little bit. And it, it gets like, it gets nice and you get that like taco-y. So do you not use taco seasoning? I do not. Okay. Handmade seasoning. Okay. I think that's how you're going to get the best results for it. Then uh, with the shells, um, flour shell kind of guy. Oh, harms. Now, 
My mom used to do this for us, and this is a Pat's Tavern, which I think is some of the best tacos. Very good tacos. What I want to do is I want to deep fry the shells. Okay. I want to fry them so that you can move them out, but they have a crunch in the outside. I'm putting, I'm layering the cheese. I'm, I like my cheese on the bottom, bottom so, so it melts. melts yes. Bit. I'm putting the chicken on the top. I'm squeezing the lime across it. Okay. Get a little acid, and some people don't like to eat as much. So I want to add that, another little flavor profile. Mm-hmm. And then I think a topping for color is I really like the idea of spring onions or green onions chopped on there. Okay. So I'm not a huge white or red onion fan, but I think they add like a nice little, it's very subtle to it. For a side for it, I think I would probably go with a rice with it, to be honest. Yeah, that that always goes well with the uh-huh. taco. I want to add uh, rice in a pan after you boil it and everything. I want to add uh, onion and paprika and a dash of chili powder. I want to mix that up in there, and that's how I'm going to get my Mexican-style rice for the side. Okay. And then, obviously, if you want sour cream or salsa. Which I, one are you? I'm neither. Because I think mm. if you have to add salsa to it, then I did a poor job cooking it because I should have that tomato-y, taco-y season as it is. Yeah. Sour cream, I get it because it's that cooling notion. I think if I was to really try and do something, I would want an avocado crema. So I would buy, a, I think it's just sour cream and avocado, blend them together with maybe a little uh, cilantro or parsley in there and then a squeeze of lime. And that's what I would drizzle over it. I am a big fan. I used to, I don't know why I was stupid when I was younger, but I used to not like avocados and guacamole. I love it. Love it now. I, I, All about it. I'm, I'm st- I honestly can't tell you the last time I've had guac. I like avocados with my sushi, but I'm not just going to like eat them. I, I know I should be oh, I'll, that I'll, kind of person. When I'm making like a turkey sandwich or something or a ham sandwich in the summer, I'll just slice up some... Avocado and throw whole chunks on. Yeah, I mean, like, like that's kind of, just kind of disgusting to me. Like, I don't know, it's just not, it's just not me, which is super weird because, like, I love food, but, and it's one of the healthiest fats. Oh, it, food it, out yeah, there, it's amazing for like, you. I'm like, no, I'm all against this, which is weird, but hey, I was just looking because I have the recipe written down, so I just wanted to like search it to see if I forgot anything. And the only thing that I forgot to put in there was, uh, okay, so I actually forgot two steps. So I actually marinate the chicken beforehand okay. in all the seasonings. But their secret ingredient to use that I don't think you really have to. You can choose to use salsa instead, which I think I would like to do because then your heat's coming from it is Italian salad dressing. I know it on sounds it, on weird it? when you cook okay. it into the broth. Oh, oh, it's in the broth? So what you do is, so I biffed it, but I'm fixing it. So <laughs> Bear, bear with, with us. Me. So you put the chicken in after you've moved it in all the seasonings and everything. And then you put the broth on top, and then you put a cup or two, a third of a cup of the Italian dressing in there. Okay, I can see it. Put, I, think it I think it'd be fun. I've never tried it with salsa. I think that would be better because... Then I could really kind of go a little heavier on the chili powder, which yeah. I think will bring a really nice flavor to it. And that and that's my casual group feeding dish. It's something that's self self serve. You get what you want with it, and vegetable with it. I don't know what I'd really do with it, um, especially because I'm looking at the Mexican side. But I think I would probably lean towards just. I'd probably just go with some asparagus on the grill, salt, olive oil. I was going to say, I feel like you could grill up um, some vegetables, like skewered vegetables. You could do like zucchini or... I think peppers would be a really good thing to go with, actually, now that I'm kind of looking at it. I am I do like a good um, like pepper, onion, mushroom um, skewer, throw it on the grill. I think that's always a decent side. As long as you have some meat, some... Larger substance to go with it. Okay, so we got we got mine. Yeah, a little chicken taco, a little kind of Mexican. What are what are you making for me? I'm starting with the same thing. We're going chicken. Okay, okay. Going a different route though. Um, I saw this recipe 
the start of this recipe online, I think three years ago or something. And I've kind of tinkered with it and made, throw my own flares into it and everything. But it is spinach, artichoke, garlic stuffed chicken. Okay. Yeah, it's, it, so what you do, you just, you, um, steam down a full bag of, of, uh, spinach and right at the very end you gotta be careful because if you let it steam for just a little too long you're gonna start burning that bottom spinach in there but then after you do that you throw in um depends on how many servings you're doing but like one full thing of cream cheese okay one to two um start mixing that in you chop up a whole artichoke heart throw that in you throw in a couple minced um cloves of garlic and a little sorrel, a little pepper, you know, season it up how you like. And then at the end, I like to throw in some mozzarella cheese. Ooh. It it thickens it up just enough. It, you have to be real careful. I haven't been I haven't made it enough to really um have a good figure out exactly how much mozzarella cheese to add. Um, it's normally me adding some mo- mozzarella cheese, realizing it's too thick, adding some milk, realizing it's too thin, and a little back and forth <laughs> game until you, you get it going. Um, and then you cut a hole in your chicken breast, slice it open, hand stuff them, each breast as as full as you can stinking get that thing. And then you just kind of, whatever leftover stuffing you have, you just kind of throw it on top, throw in the oven for like 40 minutes or so. Um, but then on my sides that I like to have with that normally is angel hair pasta with Alfredo sauce. I, I would love to, I haven't ever really looked up or found really good homemade Alfredo sauce recipe, which I would like to do that sometime. And then I have asparagus, just steamed asparagus on the side. Okay. Yeah. I think one thing that I want to get better cooking at is sauces. Like, that's something I want to, like, actually, like, get good at. Yeah. Like, if I could learn to make a dope Alfredo, a dope marinara, a really awesome gravy. I, that's the only one I'm good at is country-style gravy. So, I have made, so, we, my mom has, like, a baking gravy recipe, and I uh, bought these pork cutlets that I ended up frying and breading. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I think a gravy would go really good with it. So with yeah. the bacon, the first time I did it, I nailed it. It was super good. I didn't have any black pepper, so that kind of sucked. But the second time, I botched it. <laughs> I like didn't like let it the roux cook down enough. So it, I like I couldn't get rid of the flour taste. Yeah, it was just absolutely too disgusting. thick. Yeah. yeah, I kept adding it because like. I'm like, okay, it's not thickening, and eventually it thickened, and it just got too thick. Oh, out of nowhere, it'll go from, like, thin, 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 and all of a sudden it's just like, boom, yeah. and it's like a paste. Yeah, I needed to, like, I needed to be more patient, and just that time I was doing some breaded chicken, and then I just, I just, I just couldn't get it. Um, normally something that helps thin it out is milk. Yeah. I, if you just throw some milk in there. I had too much flour in there. I couldn't get it to thin. Oh. I think if I if I'm making things like that though, I'd rather would do like a cornstarch slurry into it rather. I um, I normally do cornstarch over flour. Yeah, because it helps thicken it up a little better with less. Yeah, I think that's my where I'd like to go with it. Uh, I learned mine from my grandma, because I always started doing it when we would do venison fries, like a big venison cookout, and we she does country fried venison. Which really good. Have you had it? I've never before? had country fried venison, though. Okay. But like I can I can imagine. Two weeks from now after we do our whole fish <laughs> tasting, we might have to do that. Um, but so after you're done cooking all the venison, you have all that gristle left over in the pan. You leave that right in and then you throw normally some Crisco or some butter in there to add a little little more. Um, and then throw some milk, some cornstarch. Mix it all up, add a couple seasonings, whatever. That's then going to whatever you're. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's prefer. why we use, we use bacon for that as our yep. base and ours. Yeah. I think it's cool how we have different roots that are just kind of similar that are going to be like, 
transitions or family traditions, I should say, not transitions, but yeah. hopefully we're going to carry on and pass on to people. I know another one that we always do is um, whenever we cook, do a big meal on, like, let's say Thanksgiving with the turkey, all the juices left yeah. over in the bag, pour that into a pot, throw some cornstarch in, that makes good gravy. Or, nice brown gravy there. Yep, and then when we do prime rib, sometimes we even take a little bit of those juices, and you don't make that into gravy as much. It's as, just like a thin. Yeah, it's just a thin, over the top. That one's good too. Like it's like an au, basically. Yeah. So, we did that. Now we have a, I don't want to call it a competition. No, because it's just a... Uh, we want to see how creative each other is. And we want you to kind of get a sense for our own kind of cooking style here. So I think that I would like you to tell me your seven my ingredients. seven ingredients. So what we're going to do here is we each get, we're each going to give each other seven ingredients. We have to plan a meal. And ideally, we make it as well as we possibly can so it turns out well. We're going to kind of describe how we cook it, what kind of temp we're using... What you're thinking when you yeah. hear the ingredients. Yep. Uh, and uh, we're giving each other flour, cornstarch, oil, butter, and any seasonings. seasonings. The basic stuff that you would just, everyone has in their kitchen, that's going to be there. Yep. So, all right. Your protein that you will have. Duck breast. Screw you. <laughs> give me duck. You give me duck. It's- you're a... Jack it's, wagon. It's actually pretty fun to cook with. I've done it. And yeah, it tastes it's great. Difficult to cook with. And they're like there's certain pairings that just go well with it. And I think I might have a couple in here that you like <laughs> and a couple that you're gonna hate. Okay. Next we have lime. Okay. Broccoli. Okay. Strawberries. Throw you for a loop. You. Tortillas. Okay. Rhubarb. That's a real weird one. Okay. And carrots. Okay. Well, I think where a lot of this is going to lead me is too sweet. So I think what I'm going to kind of go with is... Obviously, I need to work with the protein first. But I don't really know where I want to go with it. But I know I want to get the duck skin crispy. Oh, you're keeping skin on. Yes. It's a big risk, and I realize like if we were doing a competition, I'd probably take it off. But here right now, I yeah. don't know if I can hit the skin properly. Like, it's going to elevate the dish a lot. So what I'm probably doing is... We'll, well, I'll do two portions. One for me, one for you. So I'm going to do two breasts. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get a cast iron skillet hot. Okay. I am going I like to it. use butter for this instead of oil. And when it gets really sizzling hot, I am going to put both breasts down. I will then season the backside salt and pepper. And then I'm going to, as those are searing, once they get to my, hopefully the crispiness. And if it turns out I don't get them the crispiness I want to, I'm just going to pull it off. (laughs) Just have to roll it. Flip them over. And then right away I am going to put the cast irons into the oven probably go 350 and my goal is around 20 minutes to get it that medium rare medium for duck yeah i was gonna say the big thing that i've always heard with duck is low and slow low and slow i think by putting it into the oven I'm that's gonna, gonna that's what's gonna help you there i think i would probably also want to put some time into there it's kind of i'm kind of going for a little more of a steaky vibe there with a little thyme yeah, and garlic yeah. in there Maybe a little butter basing at a point, too. Garlic butter itself. That's always good. Yep, I think I'm kind of going that way. No, I think where it gets tough is when it comes out. How I want to pair it with everything else. Because I think uh, trying to combine all these items into something. But I think how duck pairs well with orange is normally the thing. Which is why I threw lime in there. I don't like the lime. I don't think the lime helps me. But I think I can do something really awesome with a strawberry compote, cutting the strawberries up, cooking them in a little sugar, and then cutting the rhubarb in there as well, and then squeezing the lime into the compote. So I little have a little acid with the sweet, mm-hmm. something that will hopefully pair well with the duck. 
um, for the broth. puree on the side, pretty much? Uh, no, I want the chunks in there. Okay. I want the chunks. I don't want a smooth sauce for this. Okay. I think that is something where if I'm serving it, I'm putting it in a little dish where they can just kind of eat it with a fork out of there or they could kind of pour it, pour it over on. the okay. duck. I like it. I want to uh, get myself for the broccoli. That's I'm just going to steam it. When it's classic, steaming, classic I look. think I might uh, drizzle with a little melted butter and a pinch of salt. Okay. Call that a time. Um, what were my other ingredients? Tortillas and a carrot. Okay. What I hate about the carrot is it's going to kind of... My theme is so sweet. So I don't want to do sweet carrots. And I already did steamed broccoli. So what I'm doing with the carrot is I am slicing it thin. And I am going to just saute it into a pan. Okay. Now, I've heard this makes it bacon-like, but I think getting me that char on it will hmm. potentially add a nice flavor to it. And where are you going to put this in the meal? So, what I'm thinking is, so on the side, I got my dish of my compote, my strawberry rhubarb compote. I'm going to have my chicken on the main portion. I'm going to put the broccoli. and then you I'm going to put the your duck. And then I'm just going to have the... The carrots, I want to put them underneath and lay the duck on top. Okay. And then with the tortilla strips, I want to add more crunch to my dish. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to chop them up into thin strips, fry them. When they come out, I want to add a dash of salt and paprika. Hopefully add me that smokiness that I don't have with the duck right now. Okay. And then I'm topping those on the duck. Interesting. I don't know how that's going to turn out. That, I, think, that's the... I think I have... I don't think I made a cohesive dish. I think I have a lot of really good components. It's... I don't know if it's something where I would cut the duck up and then take a bite and dip it into the sauce. I don't think I have... Maybe if I puree it, I get something more like that. Yeah. Because so I've had a blueberry cook. puree on duck before. Yeah. Okay, then I'm, not, I'm just based on that info, I'm pureeing that. I'm still using <laughs> the same ramekin. I'm lacing a little bit over the duck so for some color. Yeah. Topping those. Then the crunch gets a little weird, I feel like. But it's it can still be doable. I think, I, like, I didn't want to make tacos. See, that's where I thought you were going to go with it. Because I think they could make good tacos. I think you can't. I just don't want to go that route. I thought that was kind of the... Uh, like I just talked about making chicken tacos. I wanted to do something different. Fair. And I think if I'm having duck for the first time, which it would be, I want Ooh. to have it its most natural state. Well. So that's where uh, I am going. So essentially it was a uh, cast iron seared duck breast in butter, thyme, garlic, with topped with tortillas on a bed of sautéed uh, carrot strips. With a strawberry rhubarb puree on the side, and then steamed broccoli. Three three weeks from now, we can give this a shot because I have quite a few ducks in the freezer right now. Okay, well, I guess I'm doing that, and you're going to end up making what I got. Yep, probably. Okay. So My for, seven ingredients. Uh, your protein is uh, hamburger steaks. Okay. Uh, powdered mashed potatoes. Who? Brussels sprouts. Oh, I love Brussels sprouts. Onions. Easy. Eggs. Okay. Bacon. Ooh, okay. And, uh, carrots. Carrots also? Yeah, so we both, both have carrots both in our have dish. Both carrots, alright. Now, when you say hamburger steak. I'm just, I'm like, it's just hamburger ground up. I put the steak by there, because that's kind of where my mind was going with the dish, but like. Think of like a Salisbury steak kind of thing. Oh. So basically it's just hamburger that's just sautéed with gravy is what I was kind so, of thinking. But it's just hamburger. It's just hamburger. Like, It's not ground up. It's just a, it's already in a steak form. Or is it ground up? It's ground up into like a circle. Pre-made circle. Like, you know like Salisbury steak. Yeah. So it's, yeah. It's, yeah, so, yeah okay, it's hamburger. Okay. Yeah. okay. Oh. I was hoping for a different protein. But... All right, so... Yo, give me duck. A, duck a duck's like chicken-ish. No. Not, not 100%. It's definitely a dark meat. Sorry, mates. I didn't mean to wake you up. Um, So I had the burger. 
I had carrots, powdered mashed potatoes, uh, onions, uh, Brussels sprouts, Brussels sprouts, and bacon and eggs. And bacon and eggs. Oh. Honestly, I might try and go more for a breakfast style dish here. Not gonna lie, I wasn't thinking that when I gave you these ingredients, but interesting. No. So what we're gonna do? We're gonna make the powdered, powdered potatoes and like whip them up, make them into the mashed potatoes. Then we're gonna fry those mashed potatoes. Have you ever had fried mashed potatoes? Yep. So you're going to pat them down hard in a nice hot pan, fry them down a little bit. Then we're going to um, do, ooh, how do I want to do this? Actually, I'm rethinking this. It might turn into more of a quiche, right? I think that's how you... Yes, you're talking a baked egg dish. Yes. Okay, yes. So what we're going to, what we're doing here actually... Yep, this is what we're doing. It. <laughs> we are going to have, we're going to fry those mashed potatoes still. Okay. Throw that on the bottom. That's going to be the bottom of our pan. So that's going to be your crust for this. That's going to be our crust. Fry up the bacon nice and hot, nice and crispy. Break it up, crumble it up. Chop up the onions, saute them up. Then whip up the eggs, like scramble them. Put in, I always like some seasoned salt, Lowry seasoned salt, a little salt, pepper, and then normally some garlic powder in there or something. Pour that on top, throw our, throw our um, bacon in there, throw our onions in there, and then actually, ooh, this is right. No, we're going to keep the steak out. We're just going to cook that normal. Okay. So then we'll put that in. Ooh, we've got you carrots. carrots. You're putting the Brussels sprouts in there, right? No. 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 So the I'm quiche doing... is just eggs and onions and mashed potatoes, right? And bacon. Bacon. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's delicious on there. Yeah. yeah. So then throw that in the oven, cook that up. I've never made it, but I, I would bet it would take about 40 minutes. 40, 45, 50, somewhere in that range. Yeah. This is where you... Good... I'm not calling myself good cook by any means, but... When you cook enough, you start to eyeball stuff when you don't know exactly yeah. what to do. And you keep, you learn how to just kind of go with it. <laughs> Shout out to Logan Thomas because he's not quite at that level of cooking yet. <laughs> he, he doesn't know how to eyeball stuff as much. He, he He's getting there. Um, nope, then we're just going to sear up the, the steak as is. Um, I mean, if it's anything like Salisbury steak, it ain't going to be... Great, but I think it'll be all right. Well, I mean, I think if you just fry it with a burger and just kind of went with that. If we were to do this, I would just get you burger meat. Yeah. Burger meat. Yeah, and so we just kind of fry it up. Then, Brussels sprouts are easy. Ooh, yeah, Brussels sprouts are an easy one for me because we're gonna go with. Um, we're just gonna cut them up in half. Throw some olive oil on them. Throw some um, sea salt on them and throw them in for about 20 minutes and then broil them off at the end so they get nice and crispy on the top. So you get a little crispiness in this meal. And these carrots are what's throwing me for a loop. I don't really know where I want to throw them carrots in. Carrots throw me for a loop because what I wanted to do with them, I couldn't do with them because it like... Like I want to make them it just sweet carrots, you know. Yes. But that doesn't fit into a breakfast. Yep. So I can't do that either. So what I'm... Th- Thinking I might do. Actually. Yeah, we're going to go unconventional here. We're going to make a carrot smoothie. Okay. Tell me how you're doing this. Uh, uh, It depends on how much I'm allowed to pull and add to it. Well, what are you thinking? We'll see if it's in the rules. Spinach? Is that too far gone? I mean, that's another ingredient. Yeah. Okay, no, okay, screw it. I'll scrap the scrap that one. Because I, I feel like I would need to pull in, like, some... What I would do for, like, the smoothie, I feel like it would be, like, a m- very vegetable f- smoothie. So throw in some um, 
throw the carrots in, chop chop them up fine, really blend them down hard, throw in some spinach, blend that down hard, um, then probably add in, ooh, this is, I'm not great at smoothies, I haven't made a ton of them. Yeah, it doesn't sound delicious. No, but I feel <laughs> like any vegetable. Like sauce here for it? Or? I think that's where I'm going to have to end up going is I'm going to end up blending them down hard and then adding them into like almost a carrot gravy puree gravy-ish style thing. I don't know exactly how it would taste. I think if you like, because milk is something we could use. Yes. I think you could use that and then maybe season it. Yeah. Like season down. the crap out of it. Yeah. And then cook it down. I think that might be the way to go. I think that's the only way I can get it in there. So, is that all? Did I use all yeah, ingredients? Yeah, that's all of them. So, yep, we're doing a egg bake quiche thing with mashed potatoes fried mashed potatoes on the bottom with bacon and egg or bacon eggs and onions on top with baked um brussels sprouts a salisbury steak hamburger steak with a carrot gravy on top i think it's super interesting that you ended up going breakfast with this because that's not where my mind went with it right away either. Where'd you go with it? So what I wanted to do was I would, um, the hamburger, I would uh, coat it in um, egg, or I'd put it into the powdered mashed potatoes first. Okay. Egg, powdered mashed potatoes, and then I would fry it like that. Okay. I also wanted to make onion rings. Ooh. Kind of the same exact way. Same way, yeah. I think because I'm going more dinnery, I can do the sweet carrots. Yeah, those would be easy then to fit in. I wanted to cut up the Brussels sprouts and just and fry them, so I just used the Brussels sprout leaves for crispiness on mm-hmm. top. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, and then, I mean, bacon. I think I can... I think what I'd like to do is chop the bacon up and put it into the burger for this. Okay. Yeah, and then you already used the egg in the egg wash. Yep. I think that's how I would go with that. Yeah. So I think something fun that we could do, and we talked about maybe in a couple weeks, is we we basically just created six dishes here. One, two. And then we have our favorites. Three, four, plus... Well, we actually made what we thought we could make. Yeah. Jeez. What we could do is one day, one week, and invite our friends over some people, and... Hopefully we have an Instagram page by this. Make these dishes and then post pictures of them on there and you can see like which one you think looks the best. Alright, you know. Or at least maybe not our favorites, but like the dishes that I, we created here. I like it. I, <laughs> throw me for a loop with this stupid Instagram thing. So anyone that well anyone that knows us, Cole or I, neither of us have Instagram. Uh, it's, we aren't the most social media-based people. Uh, we post every blue moon. Um, it's normally just like one picture update. <laughs> we don't say much. Um, so it's definitely something we... I, I got to work. I got to work on because I'm the, I'm the uh, tech guy in this group. <laughs> I'm just here for uh, looks and jokes. Yeah. All right, well... I mean, I think that's everything we had uh, scheduled for today. I mean, we got we put in like put in an hour. Yeah. Any closing remarks you got? Um. Thank you for listening, guys. I mean, we've had a few people listen on Spotify, and uh, yeah, definitely getting the the viewers are starting to come in a little bit more. Um, if you hear us and you like us, tell your friends and family about us. I mean. Uh, we I think we have a wide enough array of topics that just about anyone can tune into one of our episodes and will enjoy it. And so. I promise you, by June first, we will have at least one Instagram or Facebook page created for him. Mainly because I'm thinking we're gonna I'm gonna talk him into doing it right now. But uh, please like, subscribe, tell a friend. If we get those up and you want us to talk on some topic. Let us know. Let us know. Because we, we're willing to do it. Even if it's just 10-minute segment in our pod or if it takes up an entire episode, we'd love to hear from you guys and talk about what you guys want to hear. Yeah. Um, if you have anything to say to us, email us right now. That's really our only um, way of 
Contact me us. Countertop.convos2.0 at gmail.com. Really easy to get a hold of us there. I check it every day. Um, so feel free, comment. If you really hate us, let us know. Uh, we'll <laughs> yeah, leave us a rating like that. Like, yeah. Anything's better than nothing. Yeah. Well, uh, if it's everything's going bad comments, we'll fix it. We'll get better. So, yeah. Thanks for coming in. And no, you will always have a seat at the countertop. See you guys later. Thank you.